York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm coming, coming, I'm coming straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. Man, what's going on? This is Jay Ellis from Nick of Time Show here. Give you that Nick's talk just in the nick of time. And you already know what it is, man. It's time to celebrate with the gunshots because the Knicks take down the tanking Wizards 114 292. And you already know who I'm here to talk about. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on the program. I am going to celebrate the accomplishments of Obadiah Toppin, young stat, comes in here, gives you a career high 35 points, two steals on the night. Let's go, Obadiah Toppin. Six of nine from three, 66% from three. I was told he couldn't shoot, Brian. I was told he couldn't shoot. Emmanuel quickly gets in here. And gives you 10 assists. But he's not a point guard, Ryan. He's not a point guard, Ryan. But for the second time, he gives you 10 assists. And <laughs> Evan Fournier gives you 17 points. The Knicks annihilate these guys on turnovers, points over turnovers, and we win once again. And I know some some guys are like, well, oh my God, you know, no, we're not supposed to win. Uh, uh, the, 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 you gotta get picks. Oh, you gotta pick. Who cares about these picks? <laughs> I don't care. I mean, I do care, but at this point, I don't care because we already know the lottery odds are fixed. We already know that the Pelicans won, got Zion when they were at 10th place last season. Anything could happen. The lottery hours are baked anyway, so I don't really care. What I do care about, though, is Obadiah Toppin getting 35 points and proving these haters wrong. Emmanuel quickly for a man. If, hey, hey if, if, if I ever wanted a point guard in my entire life. No, matter of fact, let me scratch that. Scratch that, Ryan. If... If I ever wanted to play who wasn't a point guard, I would want Emmanuel quickly. I, any, any, if my non-point guard is giving me 10, 10 assists, give me that guy, all right? 10 assists from your non-point guard? Six rebounds from your nine-point guard? Come on, son. Are we going to talk about it all, the good, the bad? Was there bad? The good and the good. Mm. It wasn't much bad. It wasn't much bad. Just a little bit bad. RJ Barrett, but that's about it. Badman Barrett going to be back for next season. We know that. So. He'll, be back. He'll be back, though. He's going to be back. One game, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but we're going to talk all about it all. Now, before I even get into the, int- the, 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 the details of the game, um, let me introduce my guy. The man, the myth, the legend. If you didn't know, the guy with the stats and the facts. Ryan G's in the building. We got IQ out here point guarding, and we got OB out here showing that Randall might not be needed from next season on. Might not be needed. Might not take that might off of that. So you got to say this with your chest, Ryan. Put that man on the first JetBlue flight out of here, all right? Obadiah Hoffman is in town. He's more efficient. He's a passer. He, did, you see, did you see the pass? Like, okay. Obi Toppin, right? He he only has mm-hmm. one assist on the night because he was mostly getting 
lob passes from our non-point guard and Emmanuel quickly, right? <laughs> but did you see? Did you see that one post move where he 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 had like a a spin hook shot from one side of the court to the, a guy in the corner for three? I'm just like, this dude's passing instincts are so underrated, and it didn't. It didn't turn into three points because the guy missed. I don't remember who pushed it, but he missed the three point shot. Mm-hmm. But things like that get me excited because this Obadiah is this man's bag is deep, Ryan. This man's bag is really, really deep, and we're just, I, f- I feel like we're scratching the surface. I, I just <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, at this point, it's like. All Obi needed was a chance. And when he finally gets his chance with the season almost over, Randall giving the rest of the season off, he just stepped up to the plate. And he's showing all facets of his, of his game where when he's playing 10, 15 minutes a game, he's not able to show that because, like Obi has said, when he gets playing time, it helps him to get into a rhythm and he gets to see more of the game. Like He gets to, he gets to realize where he makes his mistakes. And he learns from those mistakes, and he get, and he plays better as a result. And I mean, yeah, Obi is out here balling and game out thirty five tonight. The only issue I have with Obi's game is the rebounding. That's about it, because my man's Bruh. out there rebounding like KP. Yeah, yeah, that's man. The old, that, 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 that's the only issue I have with Obi. Now nah, you're right. If Obi can if Obi can improve the rebounding and keep doing what he's doing on the offensive end and defense, and you know, defense, he's, he's still a little shaky on defense. Still a little shaky, he's, but you know. Yeah, but as long as he continues on the on the straight path with the offense and defensively gets better and gets the and gets the rebounding better, it, it it seems like Knicks made the right pick at number eight. It's just unfortunate that the year when the Knicks made that pick, that's when Randall had his crazy season. And, and here's the thing about that: even if he has his crazy season, right? And I said this last last post game. I'm gonna say this post game. If we end up trading Randall this off season. Um, his stock is still higher than the year that we supposedly supposed to trade him, right? The year we supposedly supposed to trade him, he was no handle Randall's. Uh, he was averaging five <laughs> turnovers a game. He was looking abysmal. Uh, at this point, the NBA have seen him c- kind of rise, and he's seen him decline a little bit. But his in his decline, he scored t- 20, uh, 20 points, ten rebounds, and five assists. So even with his decline, this year's decline is still better. Than his first year with the Knicks, so even if we end up moving him, um, even with the money we have, I I feel like we still might be able to get a, a decent return for Randall, and that's going to help out both teams. Probably some small market team, you know, who knows? It could be OKC, it could be Portland, a team like that. So I'm all, I'm I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm, I feel like I feel like we might be fine. I don't know if I'm being overly optimistic, but I still feel like we'll, we'll be okay. And on the flip side of that, um, you know what? When we talk about going with Obi Toppin for the foreseeable future and not Julius Randle, that does come with a little bit of like, you know what? Um, Obi has the potential to be really good. He ha- he's an elite finisher. Um Shoot, he might be an elite three-point shooter at this point. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I, saw, I, saw, I saw somebody on Twitter call him um, Ob Curry. I don't know. <laughs> but he's, he's an elite finisher. You already know that. Um, I feel like that mid-range game, I feel like a mid-range pull-up game is going to be hit, going to be there as well. 
potentially could be a three level scorer. Um, the free throws kind of, kind of a point to the fact that the touch is going to be there. So I feel like, even though there's a chance that we might struggle with Ob, there's also a chance that we might not. There's also a chance that he we can take off running. But it's all about the pieces we put around him. What do you what do you think about that? Yeah, um, seeing the way Obi's played um, so far um, towards the end of the season, it would lead me to believe that he's deserving at least to at least you know see how he can be throughout a full eighty-two game season as a starting forward, and he goes up against better competition. Because I mean, if if you're gonna have one complaint, it's, it's that you know. Him getting these minutes at the end of the season, it's, it's mostly against lesser competition. And he's doing what he's supposed to do against lesser competition. He's dominating them. Right. But now, but now the next test is, can you put up the same production against players of a higher caliber? And the only way you're going to see that is if you give him the opportunity to play those 25, 30 minutes against other competition to see how he does. And I feel like he's proven, at least towards the end of the season, that it's worth a, it's worth a look. Yeah, I mean, you know what? Today's matchup too, like lesser competition, okay. But Achimura is a freaking lottery, you know. Like Achimura was, is, he's a guy who's able to play defense, mid range killer. He kind of killed us in the first half, gave you eighteen points. So I mean, Ob second year in the league, he's hardly got minutes. It's, he did pretty well. He, yeah, and, he did. And and the way I don't know, I feel like the way he finishes too. Um, we need the proper team all around him to unlock. Because if you notice, um, listen, the starting five for this team was, of course, the resident starting point guard Alec Burks, um, who, by the way, has not even sniffed IQ's assist numbers. That guy who's not a point guard coming off the bench, yeah, hasn't even sniffed <laughs> his, his 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 assist numbers. Right, because IQ over his last five game gave you thirty assists and four turnovers, and uh, so what's 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 the hold on, let's let's do the math, Ryan. Let's do the math real quick. All right, thirty thirty assists and four turnovers. Yeah, thirty assists and four turnovers over the last five games. Um, now it's yeah, that's about seven point five. Yeah, it's about seven point five to one about. Yeah, if you didn't know, Ryan G, the man with the stats and the facts, he he was an accountant. All right, so he does he does the math. (laughs) All right, if you didn't know, now you know. All right. Add one more game today, 10 assists, 10 turnovers today. All right, so let's see. So now we're up to 40 assists. <laughs> 40 assists to five turnovers? Wait, 40 assists wait, to six turnovers, right? 40 assists to six turnovers, six games. For your guy who's not a point guard. Yeah. Yeah, that's a crazy ratio right that's there. That's a crazy ratio for a guy who's not a point guard. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just. I'm, I, got, I mean, if, I mean if, we, if, we, if we're being real about it, from a straight statistical standpoint, those are point guys <laughs> type statistics um, right there. I, I, I'm gonna get into that later because I'm gonna ask the next topic I get to after this. But we'll, we'll, we'll stay on this for Obi Toppin to get what he has to go. He needs a guy who can pass the ball. And did you notice? I love RJ. I love Burks. They've done well for this season. But when Obi was running with those guys for the first quarter, Obi was. Doing the same thing he does with IQ. He was beating people down the floor. He had his one hand up. He was ready to catch his lob. He was ready to seal his man um, from his match. Because oftentimes when he takes off, he's sealing point guards. 
How many passes did he get? Little to none. Then yeah, our, our non-point guard in IQ, and I'm saying if you haven't caught on, I'm being very sarcastic. Our non-point guard in IUQ comes in, and what happens? I mean, I mean, most of IQ just went to Obi. Like the majority <laughs> of them. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. For a guy who's a non-point guard, he can sure, you know, find the find the pass. And, and it's funny because IQ took 18 shots, right? But has 10 assists. And here's the thing: Can IQ sometimes pass more? Yeah, maybe. But. The crazy part about IQ is the passes that he makes are so on point that the the, the few times he passes it leads to a bucket. <laughs> it leads to a bucket. That's why his assist percentage is so freaking high. So you might be complaining that he's not a point guard, but the passes that he make are is is because he's creating advantages. Like I said. He's creating advantages for other people. The driving and kicking. I saw a pocket pass today to Taj Gibson off a of pick and roll. A pocket pass. Yeah. That's that's another layer. That's 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 the stuff that Frank used to do. So now he got the lob. He's learning to do the pocket pass. He has the go ahead pass. He has the corner pass now. He's developing. He is developing. So I'm. I listen, guys. I'm just saying this. Don't be so close-minded. And, and I get that, you know, people project people to be this and that, and you can be you can project all you want. But I, I always keep saying, eh, I'm not gonna put any ceiling on any on any of these young kids because you just don't know. You just you just don't know. And I think the 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 fact that he's been a second rounder, the fact that he got a D when he got drafted by the the draft experts, people <laughs> put a ceiling on him because of that, and they ignore what's right in front of them because of pre- preconceived notions. I, I, that's 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 just me. I mean, I mean, it's definitely facts because you know going into the season, nobody was expecting him to take over that point guard role. People were expecting him, like, the the most people saw him was as a combo guard where he can come off the bench and he can provide you that spark. That's the most people saw him as. I don't, think any, I don't think anybody saw that he would develop such a point guard game that he has at the moment. So, yeah, sometimes it's hard because the only reason I think the Knicks, I think the only reason why draft experts gave Knicks a D for the Emmanuel quickly pick was because he was projected second round. People thought that the Knicks picked him too early. Right. And th- and that's why he got the um the D. But sometimes, like I said, play evaluations are hard to do because there's a lot of times where players are ranked are rated high and they end up being a bust in the NBA while you have players in the second round like Nikola Jokic who end up being MVP all of a sudden. So, you know, it's hard to do play evaluations and, you know, come coming out of college, but I think it's a pleasant surprise that IQ has developed to this caliber as a point guard type player. And now you have to question, do I go after that point guard in the off season still? No. Especially knowing that you have Rose coming back. He, he Rose is going to be healthy, so that's going to be a veteran point guard right there. 
And then you have quickly who can also play point who can also play point guard. And then you have McBride too, which you're also trying to develop as well. So, you know, that's a question for the front office to try to figure out. I, I say absolutely no. I say stick with quickly. The only way the only way I would say yes, if it's like a no brainer point guard, like if you like somebody says Shy Kildish Alexander, someone said said that because you know mm-hmm. they're having problems. They're having they're saying there's multiple Okay, so he has multiple point guards. They're higher in the draft. So shout out to I, I forgot who said it, but shout out to the guy in the comments who mentioned that, and, and that makes totally sense. So unless it's like a, a no-brainer type of deal for me, I'm going. Hell no, I'm I'm sticking. I'm not bringing in no veteran point guard to ease the transition or none of that. None of that. I'm if if, if it's not some other top tier point guard, I'm I'm sticking with quick. I'm sticking with quick. I, I, I believe in his shot making. I believe in his work ethic because he works harder than most people. I believe in his IQ because his name's IQ. And it seems like he's, he studies tape more than anybody. You saw Coach IQ with the, with the little iPad earlier. Um, earlier in the season, I was talking about natural born leaders on his team. And some people might have called me crazy. Roll the tape back to the summer league. I said all these takes in summer league in the summer. I said I feel like. IQ is a natural leader. He looks, he feels like a natural leader to me. What's a natural leader to me? Some guy, a guy who's, who's, who's who keeps people up in down times. Uh, he's a stu- he's studious. He puts together a work ethic. He leads by example. And unlike guys like Randall, when things are going bad, he's cheery. He helps you out. He like he he keeps everybody upbeat, and I said the same thing to us about R.J. Barrett too, and I said the same thing about McBride as well. I feel like those three guys on our team have very natural leadership qualities. I can see any one of those guys popping to be a, a leader on this team in some capacity. You know what I mean? So yeah. shout to, so shout to Emmanuel quickly. Yes, most definitely. And Jay, give me one second. See, uh, one second. Okay, cool. And. and Shout out to Elenio quickly and also Obadiah, man. Obadiah Toppin. I already talked to him enough. I already talked about Obadiah enough. But um, I, I'm, I'm loving Obadiah's game. And, Hello? And, um, <laughs> all right, I think I'm going to pick it up. All right, Ryan, Ryan G, you're still on the mic. We can still hear you, Ryan G, but it's all good. <laughs> I love I love I love the progression of Obadiah's game. It's making me more comfortable to move on from Julius Randle. So, shout out to my guy Obadiah as well. And um, let's get to these calls. I still want to talk about R.J. Barrett, and I still kind of have a heart take too. But hold on, shout out to BKNY who sends a five dollar super chat says start IQ next year. No need for Jalen Brunson. He said, "Yo, need for Jalen Brunson start OB next year. Trade round of the vets, except D Rose, Taj, and maybe Fournier." <laughs> facts, facts. Ryan's going to pick up this Chinese food. <laughs> I feel you. you. When your, when your man is hungry, your man is hungry. All right, but let's get to these calls right now. Let's get to these calls right now. Um, but um, before I get to the calls, shout out to everybody in the chat: Fritz Alessandro, Black Needle, Don Hines, Robert Rivera Jr., Vibe Shop. Ronnie Sannon, T. Williams, everybody else is rocking with the KOT show. All right, all right, cool. Let's get it. First call out. I think we, I think we have Jason from. Uh... Yeah, what's up, Tommy? What's going uh, on, Ryan man? Zeta, man? 
<laughs> yeah, Ryan G getting that Chinese food, man. <laughs> I respect it. I respect it. <laughs> um, I have a question. I thought about this yesterday, and I've been I've been I asked people on Twitter, no one really responded, but I want to see what people think about this because I I don't I, the more I think about it, I don't know if they're gonna trade Rams this off season because if they don't get the value they want back. I can't see them trading him. And it's not that, like, teams don't want him. Teams might be willing to trade for him, but are they going to give back the Knicks what the Knicks actually want? Like, I don't think the Knicks want to take a step back next year. Like, a lot of fans are like, just trade him for a pick. I'm like, I don't think they're going to do that. I think they want, like, to get better. So my question is, would you be okay with Randall being back if Tibbs agreed or committed to giving Obi 25 to 30 minutes a night? Meaning that they would have to play that he would have to play them together. But I'd be okay with it. I would be more okay with it. Um, I guess I'm. I'm still. Man, listen, man. Randall kind of reminds me of that toxic ex on his way out. I don't trust him. You know what I'm saying? Like. I I I I I don't trust the guy at this point. He's mostly unstable. So even if he's getting his minutes, I don't know what his psyche is going to do to the team. Because you see, do you see how light everything is once Randall has gotten out of the picture? People are high fiving each other. People look like they're genuinely enjoying playing with each other. The ball is passing. The ball is being passed around more. Assist totals are higher. It just seems like the overall. Uh, the overall feeling of the team is a lot higher. So I'm just, I'm very skeptical of how Randall's going to react if he's not in his same role or if things aren't going his way. Is he going to pout? And I'm, I'm worried about it. But I mean, I, I mean, I get, I get that he, like, he might not be super happy with it. But what is he, what is he going to do about it? Like that's the thing that drives me crazy. If people keep saying like. Well, Randall's not going to be happy about it. So what? I don't think the Knicks are going to trade him. Even if Randall asks for a trade, I don't think they're going to trade him unless they get the play, unless they get back what they want. Now that like, I, I agree don't, with, I don't think they're going to be like, "Hey, we'll just trade you just just to get rid of you." I don't think this front office is going to do that. They're not like it's not Phil Jackson, man, where he's just getting rid of guys just to get rid of them. Now I agree with you. I, so, I, 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 so I think I mean the reason I ask that is because you know my biggest issue is. The way the offense runs, I blame Tibbs a lot for it, Absolutely. and not just Randall. I think the idea that it's just Randall is crazy to me. That like the coach has no part in it. A lot of people have been acting like if Tibbs is just this amazing coach and Randall's just sabotaged everything. And I just think if you if you if you play them together, the floor is spaced. And now Obi's hitting threes. It will be better for both of them. I agree. Like, I'm not saying it's going to be good because I but but let's say it's better for both of them. And then Randall actually could play well because he has an open lane now. Maybe he turns out. I'm not saying it's going to work, but I'm just saying, like, I think there's a world where he's a lot better than he was last year. And then when it comes to the trade deadline and they want to trade him, they can actually get value back. <laughs> I, I I understand exactly where you're coming from. I, I understand exactly what you're saying. You're saying shorten his minutes, change his role, um, get his trade value up, and then we could get something bigger in return. Well, because you feel, when it, I, say short, I wouldn't say. I mean, I would say shorten his minutes, not that much though. Maybe shorten him to like thirty, thirty-two. They would have to play together. They would both be playing like thirty minutes a night, so they would have to play together for at least ten to fifteen minutes a game. 
I would like Randall to be more like 28 minutes or something. And I would like, like. Yeah, I mean, if he's playing bad, you put him down to 28. But when he's playing good, you put him up to like 34. You know, that's why I say like 30 minutes a night. Both of them will be playing like 30 minutes a night. Yeah, I, 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 you know? I feel you. I feel you. And and you have a point, too, because this I front mean, office doesn't. They they're really picky about their asset management. They not they don't make trades unless they feel like they're absolutely getting something back in return. Like a Dennis Smith Jr. Ver- to get back Derrick Rose is like a straight you know stick them up job, right? So I feel like unless we get <laughs> trades like that, they ain't gonna do it. I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, think about this. This is another thing. Like so, like I think there's a pretty good chance they're gonna lose Mitch. I think, and it has nothing to do with what Mitch wants. All it has to do with is if 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 Detroit Pistons come in and say we'll give you 17 million a year. He's gone. There's nothing they need to do about it unless they're going to pay him that same amount of money, and I don't think they will. So if Mitch leaves and then Randall leaves and all you get back is a pick, like, it's going to look like the Knicks took a big step back. And if the record, like, then I don't think they want to do that. Right. I, I get, uh, my thing is if we, okay, if Mitch leaves, right, um, that would suck. I would hope to, to me, I would hope he would end up moving guys like Noel and to me, I feel like if you move Noel and Evan for something, then it makes things a lot easier. Yeah, but, but what if Noel? Wait, wait, wait. What does Noel have to do with it? Are the Knicks going to pay Mitchell Robinson? If Mitchell Robinson gets offered seventeen million dollars a year, are the Knicks going to pay him that? No, I'm saying I'm saying teams can shed contracts. You know, see, teams shed contracts all the time, and the way our contracts but, we have expiring. But what we I'm have, saying is the Knicks could pay Mitch. They could pay him that. They don't need to get rid of Noel to pay him that. They could pay him that. It's a question of do they want to pay him that? If they could pay, if they could pay Mitch, Noel only has one year on his deal, so getting rid of him doesn't really affect the long term cap. I, I, they have enough cap. They I, could pay Mitch seventeen million a year and be fine. It's just a question of in the future when they after they pay RJ and they pay all these other guys, are they going to be like, yo, you pay Mitch too much money? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm 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 talking about the future. Cause I'm not even talking about just paying Mitch. I'm talking about what you're saying, paying RJ. Pay, paying who maybe Cam as well. Cam exactly. I'm, I'm thinking long yeah. term. So if I'm paying, if you, pay, I, I, I feel like 17 million for Mitch is too much. Uh, I don't think he'll get. I agree. I don't think he'll get 17 million. To be honest with you, I, I feel like Margaret Bagley. I don't know what the Pistons are going to do, man. The Pistons. Everybody thought they were crazy when they paid uh, Jeremy Grant a lot of money. But Margaret, <laughs> I feel like Marvin Bagley is doing so well over there. I don't feel like they're going to throw the bag over there to. to yeah, but Marvin Bagley, if you watch, and, and I, I paid a lot of attention when we played him. He was playing the four. He wasn't clearing Fox. True. He was playing what I did at Stewart. He was playing at the four. So I, I watched. I was like, I paid a lot of attention to that because I, I agree with you. I was like, man, if they got Bagley, they won't want me. But then I watched the game, and I'm like, the Marvin Bagley's playing the four. He's not playing the five. So I don't know. That's true. That's true. That's definitely true. But I, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, Listen, best case scenario if we do trade Rand if we do keep Randall is what you said. That's best case scenario. But I, I'm still yeah, I, I still want to move him. I still want to move him at all, to be honest. Oh, I want to move him too. I'm just saying I don't think they're gonna do it like unless they get an offer they really like and, and the more I think about it, like yes, I don't know if it's gonna get like yes, there are offers I could think of. I could make up a trade, but it's like will the will the other team actually wanna do that? Right. I don't know. I got you, I got you, I got you. All right, all right, yo, yo, thanks, yo, thanks for calling in, Jason. We got some other, some other calls to get to. Yeah. Also, I just wanted to say one other thing. You said you want IQ to be the starting point guard next year, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I feel like I don't want like a. I feel like I don't want a Jalen Brunson or any or like a mid-tier point guard to be our starting point guard. If we have like a higher level starting point guard, 
fine. But I don't want right, to. Here's what I'll say. Go ahead. Tibbs is going to be the coach next year. Tibbs does, would rather start Burks over IQ. Will you think he's going to start him next year? That's all I got. I will. <laughs> I, I'm. I, this is this is what this hell front office, front office, and, and appreciate your call, Jason. And this and I'm glad I'm glad you said that because if you watch today's game. This is what impressed me about IQ's game today, right? When it happened, RJ Barrett goes down in the second half. IQ starts to run with the starters. He's running the offense. IQ is running the offense. Let's let's get to the videotape. Let's get to these stats. All right. How many assists does starting point guard Alec Burks have today again? <laughs> He had five assists. Admirable. 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 But if you tally up the assists that he's had for these last five or six games versus quickly, quickly blows him out the water. Quickly ran the team to me in that second half. Go ahead. Yeah, um, came back just at the end of, I think, Jay, that was Jason, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I came back like just at, at the end of his phone call. I mean, he does have a point because we have to think about the coach we have. If Burks is still here and Thibs is the coach, first and foremost, I believe if Rose, if Rose is healthy, I think Rose is going to be the starting point guard. And then I think IQ is going to come off the bench. I think Thibs is going to still keep him in that bench role and play him that way. And then, you know, IQ might play into the fourth quarter as well, depending on, you know, I guess whatever Thibs does with the lineup or whatever the case may be. But I do feel like if Burks is still here next season, Sips is going to ignore everything that IQ did as a point guard and still play Burks as that starting point guard. But what you said is true, though, because when Burks Burks and IQ is on the court together, Burks is not the point guard. IQ is the point guard. So So when they're on the court together, yeah, Burks goes back to that wing role. But he but at the end of the day, Burks still does start as the point guard, though. And he, he Burks Burks guards the point guards. This is <laughs> that like that's that's what it Burks be guarding the point guards. Does he actually play point guard? That's debatable. I'm just <laughs> no. We're, we're, we're with the starting lineup without IQ, he's definitely without the, point the yes without he, yeah, yes without without yeah. yes yeah. I feel like him and RJ Barrett kind of share share the, uh, the 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 point guard duties, as you would say. Yeah, uh, that, that's all I'll say about that. But um, you're right about that. I mean, the the flip side of that is Alec Burks in the off season might be our most tradable asset. So, if the front office is looking to shake things up, and if they care about the moves they made, and when I say the moves, I'm talking about Cam Reddish specifically, who we only have uh one more year to evaluate, they would I would behoove them to move. An Alec Burks or an Evan Fournier um, to make room for these youngins to get some little more, a little more wings to spread their wings and fly. That's that's so. And I so I feel I still feel like as much as Tibbs likes Alec Burks, his his value is so his value is very high. Is more it might be he might be gone. He might very well be gone. Yeah, he might be attached with a trade with Randall. <laughs> Maybe hey, so. Okay, <laughs> cool. 
And I like Alec Burks. I'm, I'm an Alec Burks fan. But uh, Tibbs don't know how to use that, man. I'm sorry. He don't. All right. <laughs> All right. Next caller up. We got our guy, Ken. Ken, let us know. Where are you from? What are you talking about? What's up? What's good? What you up to, man? Another <laughs> Knicks win before the season ends. That's a fact. Yo. Ah. Hey, fellas, man. You, um, I, I've been hearing you guys making some uh, incredible points. Jailus, I swear to God, I, uh, you know, you, you're reading my mind on everything you're saying. Um, and you're totally on point on what's going on. So I think what I see is the positives, right? We've got to focus on the positives, is IQ is developing, right? Mm-hmm. He is developing. He's taking that leap. And, Ryan, you made some good points about, about um, draft evaluations and all that stuff. So I just wanted to say – couple of things about that. One is Daryl Morey, right? Uh, he always says you need three years to know if, if you have a player, right? Mm-hmm. So you, so like we're all hard on these kids. I'm like, listen, these kids, they haven't even finished their second year in the NBA. Yeah. And we're already judging them. So you just saw IQ, right? He, he um, overachieved last year. This year he struggled, but he, he still made, you know, a leap. And by the end of this year, you, uh, we're all going to judge him as vastly improved, right? And nice. going into his third year, we're going to have a lot of confidence in him. So, um, you know, I just want to say, it's like, listen, when you talk about point guards, outside of CP3, there isn't any real traditional point guards in the NBA. Like, Steph Curry is more of an IQ-type player. He's really, like, more of a two, right? He's a scorer. And um, to your point where you're saying about draft grades and these guys, like, like uh, who get, you know, who go in the second round or surprises? Most of those guys, they're guys who don't fit the mold, right? They're, you know, they're they don't fit the mold of the position. So IQ, everyone saw him as an undersized two, mm-hmm. uh, who's more of a spot up shooter, who really needs to play like a, with a big point guard. So he's showing you that he's still a player who's developing. And I think one thing that people forget when they do these player evaluations, it's all more on you know, you know, obviously the production, but also the metrics, right? The measurables. Yeah, and you mentioned the jails is like the, the kid is intelligent, and that's one of the things that gets underrated is intelligence. And a lot of these guys who don't make it, who have all the talent in the world, who get picked in the top ten, it's because they got all the measurables, which you can't coach, right? Either you're you know you're six nine or, or you're not. Facts. But, um, but what they don't see sometimes is that you talked about the intel uh, intangibles, the intelligence to be able to make quick reads, as you see with when IQ is running the point. He, he makes faster, smarter decisions than Burks does. Mm-hmm. And you talked about the maturity, the character, all those things that are the intangibles. And so I think, and I'm totally with you, I don't want to upgrade, you know, to a mid-tier point guard, especially like I would love to have this kid Brunson, mm-hmm. but I don't want to pay $20 million for a mid-tier point guard. Me neither. So, um, yeah, and the last thing I was going to say about like Randall, listen, I, I agree with what Jason's saying, and part of that is on, on Tibbs that he needs to be more creative because the thing is like, listen, he's running like the same offense as Fisdale, believe it or not, which is all this uh, initiate off of ISO, but we don't have a, a stud number one. So we need to be playing more, you know, share the ball, ball mm-hmm. movement like we've seen lately. So, because you don't have that talent to be, you don't have a Kevin Durant. Or oh, LeBron so, um, so that, and, and like I said, last year when they were desperate to play us, you saw Tibbs play, uh, Randall and Obi together. So 
that that's something that he's 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 experimented with, but he's too into this rim protection, and, yeah. and he's limiting himself. But but I think really, um, Randall's got to go, uh, and I think like you said, I don't think they're gonna trade him just to trade him. They're gonna try to get some value, but I think we got to look at it. It's probably gonna end up being like a three-team trade because all the teams that would want Randall don't really have anything we want. And uh, the last point, Mitch. Um, I think he's gone. I think this, what everything I read about him and his situation with money and the, and the people close to him, I, and especially he's been so underpaid, I think he's gone, and there's going to be somebody, like we talked about, like you mentioned, someone with money who's going to overpay because they do it every year. It's either going to be Detroit, OKC, one of these teams that's going to overpay. And as much as I love Mitch, I do worry about it because he's a little bit of a quirky character. What happens to him once he's got money in his hands, right? And a long-term security. <laughs> like, I love him. I want him to stay. But if he goes, then I think, like you talked about many times, we got to go get, like, a stretch five. Like, maybe, like, a yeah. trade for Miles Turner or something. So I would love for us to bring in, like, Miles Turner and um, uh, what's the the point guard? Uh, Brogdon. Yeah. Like, if we could get rid of Randall and, and you know, some other vet, and, and then, you know, I think – and then that would open up the offense and also bring in um um what are you playing time for this kid um reddish so yeah. all right man so fellas you're doing a great job man thank you thank you and i'm just sad that we only got one game left in the season but listen man you guys are hitting your prime man you, you guys are just like like iq and, and the kids man next year <laughs> you, you guys are up for that for that for the contract extension super max right, next year let's go Super chat, super max. Super chat, super max. Super chat, super max. That's right. Next season. <laughs> no, 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 no. Matter of fact, JL is going to get the super max. I'm just going to get the max. You get JL the max? Get the max. I get the super max. It's fine. <laughs> hey, man, hey, if I eat. Not if you make all, all Nick, right? If you make all Nick uh, content creators, right? Like top, uh, you know, uh, either first, second, or third team, then you get the super max. Exactly. There you go. There we go. There we go. <laughs> yes. hey, if I eat, we all eat. All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm not greedy. I'm not greedy. I don't, I don't have to take the max. I'll leave some money on the table so y'all can eat. It's fine. Let's go. Need <laughs> a little money so we can pay. You can keep your boy. Exactly. YMG, man. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I'll man, take a cut. Exactly. You gotta, you gotta keep the team strong. You gotta keep the team strong. Super exactly. Team. Yeah, I can shave off ten. Super team. I can shave off ten million. All right. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys be. Uh, later. Yeah, later, man. Yeah, yo, yo, people are definitely um, worried about Mitch. I'm worried about Mitch to be uh, as well. I just want to say this though, people. I, I don't think people are like, oh, don't don't worry. Uh, we have Sims. We don't need Mitch. Like, don't get me wrong. Sims is a great piece, right? But here's the thing: is not. I kind of compare. I feel like Sims is like a mattress. Right, I gotta hear this. Sims is like a mattress, right? So we lose Mitch, we lose the safety net if we fall, but if we lose him and we hit the ground, we from like a high velocity, from like a second story window, one story window, and we land on a mattress, it's still gonna hurt, all right? It's still gonna <laughs> hurt a little bit because you still fell, but it's not gonna hurt as much, and that's what I see with Sims, all right? We will lose Mitch. Sims is not the perfect answer, but it would still hurt to lose Sims. I mean, to lose Mitch, all right? It just won't hurt as much. And here's why, all right? As good as Sims is, Sims, I call Sims the New Orleans Noel 2.0. 
because he's able to, he, he has a high motor. He's able to cover a lot of ground like Nerlens Noel, right? He's able to go to the rim, go through the three-point line and sprint right back. It's something Nerlens Noel can do. Uh, he can guard three, he can just run up to the three-point line with no problem. That's something Nerlens Noel can do. Um, the thing he can do also do that Nerlens can't is catch lobs. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no butterfingers. No butterfingers. All right. He works hard on the boards. He gives you some defensive rebounds. That's something Norland Stowell doesn't actually do, actually. But he still, to me, positionally isn't perfect. And uh, Sims is, I mean, Mitch is, to me, is ahead of the game when it comes to that. And also, certain matchups, right? I feel like when Sims plays these guys like Capella, who has the, the crazy long arms, or Steve Adams, uh, or, and guys like that, he gets a little bit lost and it gets dominated. And then when Mitch comes in, Mitch kind of does his job and shuts those guys down. Capella, Capella was a big bad wolf before Mitch got before he met Mitch. And now he's just like he's a puppy. You know what I'm saying? Every time Mitch <laughs> played Capella, it it wasn't nothing. Like he's like, oh, get out of here. You ain't nothing. And he actually did an admirable job against Steve Adams as well. Sims kind of struggled against those guys. Now on the flip side, Sims has done well versus uh uh, who's the center for the, for the Nets? Drummond um, against Drummond, and he's done well. T- he's done well against some matches, some um, centers that Mitch has done well against. But both of these guys have their pros and cons, and also Mitch kind of block shots too. He, he he's the only center I see who can block threes at the velocity he does. Sims is not really able to do that. In general, Mitch can do that, and not Sims. Uh, Mitchell Robinson, people forget how many times has Mitchell Robinson saved, Mitchell Robinson saved, saved us with his offensive rebounding alone. You know? Yeah. And I feel like Sims is, you know, is a decent offensive rebounder too. And I, maybe he's getting better. I still got four tonight pretty good. But I feel like he's more of a guy who gets you more defensive rebounds, if anything. So, the, like, there's differences in between them, and Sims' games is not perfect. Uh, and when Sims is down, Mitch seems to shine, and vice versa. So, I don't want to act like Mitch is expandable. And Mitch has a kind of a, believe it or not, even though his, his offensive game isn't as, isn't super polished. It's offensively he has more of an impact than than Jericho Sims does at this point. Yeah, um, it it, it kind of does baffle me when people think that we can just like get rid of Mitch and we're going to be good because we have Sims. Like, nah, it, it, it ain't going to be that easy because Mitch, right, at at, the, at this point in both of their careers, Mitch is steps ahead of Sims right now. It's not, it's not like it's, it's not like, you know, they're running a race and they're both like neck and neck. Like, no, Mitch right now is Usain Bolt and, and um, Sims is like another runner. So Mitch is winning that race. Yeah. So, I think you have to you have to understand what Mitch brings to the game, which Sims doesn't do, which I think you explained perfectly. You know, like Mitch is much better positionally on defense. He definitely covers the pick and roll better than Sims. <laughs> Mitch can Mitch is Mitch is pretty good at guarding two people at one damn time. Like he's doing that pretty much doing that yeah, all day. Yeah, definitely, yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, and Mitch protects the paint better. Mitch is a much better offensive rebounder. He gets the Knicks a lot of second chance opportunities, and a lot of times he finishes those second chance opportunities as well. Yeah, he puts them right back up. <laughs> exactly, and the defensive rebounder, like Mitch, may not be a better defensive rebounder than 
Sims, but what Mitch does is that he blocks out. So Mitch may not Mitch might not grab those defensive rebounds, but he allows other Knicks players to come and get those defensive rebounds as well. Facts. I mean that's it's part of the reason why you see quickly pick that's it's part of the reason why you see quickly you know, have all those big rebounding numbers is because Mitch is blocking out and quickly just coming getting the rebounds in and igniting fast breaks. So do I want Mitch to stay? Of course I do. Like I feel like the you know if the Knicks that's Mitch one of the main pieces that the Knicks have to keep. But of course you know if he does go, I agree with you. Like the Knicks, I think the Knicks have to go the the route of finding a stretch five yeah. because you're gonna because you're gonna have Sims that who you know he, he's like a Mitch light. You know he's like a Mitch light. You know very light. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. you have you have that guy you know who that's gonna you know be in the paint get your rebounds, you, so you're going to need that other big now where, you know, you can space the floor out and have the Knicks play five out where they space the floor, and then you have guys like RJ, IQ, et cetera, just, you know, run into the paint and just cause havoc. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, if, if Mitch leaves, man, we better – we better get a sign trade from Mitch. We better not leave him. We better not leave for nothing. That'll be an atrocity. That'll be that'll de- that'll definitely be asset management malpractice if Mitchell Robinson leaves these New York Knicks without any type of exchange happening. So that has to happen for for us. But uh, yo, Sha- <laughs> yo, Robert, <laughs> Sha- <laughs> Robert, Robert Rivera Jr. says Sims don't fall down. <laughs> Mitch do be falling down a lot. You're right about that. Mitch does fall down a lot. Him, Iverson, and Dwayne Wade, they stay on the floor. I get you. I, 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 I agree with that. But I still like Mitch's <laughs> game. All right? Shout out to Mitch, man. I hope you come back, for real. And if you come back, if you sign a, like a long-term contract, three years, four years, um, we need a Mitch Block Party resurgence. All right? Oh, 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 yeah, of course. Mitch Block Party better be on and popping if he come back, sign a big deal. Exactly. Exactly. All right, cool. Next caller up, we got our man, Big Reaper, aka Silver Analytics, and he—I know he just put us. Big Reaper just uh put a video about um Obi Toppin on his YouTube channel. What's going on, Big Reaper? Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I put the video up. It was like earlier today, uh, because I did an earlier video like uh comparing Obi to Julius. It was like a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I posted it on like one of the um. Uh, Knicks fans Facebook page and everybody's like losing their minds over it, you know, but like you guys already know how I felt about him. So, yeah. I mean, and I'm not the only one who kind of saw it coming anyway. So it's not like there was anything, spe- you know, I mean, all you had to do is just go to basketballreference.com, look at the PER for both players, even when Obi wasn't getting the same number of minutes, look at the win shares and it just, you know, it's like you couldn't have, um, it's crazy that, uh, Basically, uh, I think so. Randall, before this whole, before even like the the All Star break, Randall was getting three times over three times the minutes Obi was getting, and and basically their win shares was pretty similar, and so that was a little crazy, you know. And so, I mean, Randall was slightly higher uh, before the All Star break, but it was just kind of crazy that Obi was close enough to his win shares, and Obi getting like only eight to ten minutes per game. But, you know, the game is all about efficiency, right? Right. And Randall is just like, yeah, he's 2010, but he's taking, like, it's 2010 on 41% shooting. That's not very good, you know. So, but, yeah, I mean, it was like, uh, yeah, I did another one. So, it was, you know, it was all right. It was pretty cool. 
but officially, like now, it's crazy. Now, Obi Toppin and Randall still, like you look at the total number of minutes this season, I think num- uh, Randall still has three times the amount of minutes Obi does. And Obi has actually eclipsed him on the win shares. And so that kind of shows you, like, you know, what kind of players they are. He always had a higher PER than Randall did. Um, I think he was, like, the third highest on the team. Mm-hmm. It was, like, Mitch, then uh, – uh, then I think it was Mitch, then uh, D-Rose, and then Obi. And then it was, like, Randall after that. So he was always – and PER is, like, production per minute uh, for each player. And so it was, like, a good way to compare players. Although, like, you know, Randall's getting, like, a bunch, you know, three times as many minutes, you can actually compare, like, you know, you look at the PER, you can actually compare it, you know, get a good comparison. But, um, I mean, like, it's it's good to see it. He, you know, like I said, he's eclipsed uh, Randall, and it's, you know, and Randall still has, like, three times as many minutes as he has in terms of win shares. And so it was a good game. It was good to see him, like, you know, play this way. And, you know, so it was really cool. But with the, um, you know, like what you guys were talking about before with, uh, with Mitch, you know, honestly, in my opinion, it's kind of, to me, it's a little crazy because, first of all, I think Mitch is like a huge, a big piece in the championship team. I mean, like you have somebody like that in the middle. I mean, like it's in the playoffs when things slow down. I mean, that's a huge deal, you know. Yeah, Like everything absolutely. is half court. And you got to, then at that point, you got to go through Mitch. And it's like, you know, yeah. so he could have saved us versus the Hawks for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so for me, if you like, we got Evan Fournier, we're paying him 18 million. And Mitchell Robinson has a bigger impact on the game than Evan Fournier does. So it was like, if you're paying Evan Fournier 18 million, why not just trade Evan Fournier for whatever you can get and just pay Mitchell Robinson? I think sometimes we make the mistake. If you draft someone, and you bring them up and you lose them, that's really bad, in my opinion. But if you sign someone through free agency, you just basically paid money, right? And it's mm-hmm. not, especially if it's not working out, you can just swap it for an expiring contract. So, like, who cares? It didn't work out anyway. So you're basically just breaking even at that point. So I agree. same thing for Randall. So that's why, you know, just for me, I just kind of feel like people are thinking about it the wrong way in terms of yeah. asset management. I love that perspective. You know, it's like – yeah, if it's a free agent that you sign and it's not working out and is like harming your team, uh, so it's kind of silly to say, "Oh, we're not going to get good value for it, so we're going to keep him like and let him destroy our team." Right. Like, and that's kind of like the thing with Randall. Like, the, for me, I kind of think maybe we're. I'm sorry. Go ahead. The only the only way I would say that if it, if we had to give up a pick to trade him, mm-hmm. that would be different. All right. That's the only thing I would say. I agree. Yeah. If you have to give it away yeah. a pick, then it's like yeah, I, a waste. But if we if we like shaving money, then we give okay more money here, and we get like a pick in return or something like that, or a couple of picks in return, and a player, then eh, it's worth it for me. I yeah. Yeah. Yep. I totally agree with you on that. Um, yeah, you definitely don't want to have to give up a pick to do that. That'll that'll really suck. I agree with you on that. And. Um, so that's just kind of what I think with the whole Mitch thing. It'll suck if they lose him. The only issue I have with Mitch, the only thing that do scare me, I think our previous caller talked about it, is like, I don't know if Mitch listens to people. You know, he's extremely talented. And, like, it's just things that come out here and there. It just makes me think, like, he can be, like, really good. I think he can be, a you know, even an offensive force. Right. Um, and it's not all his fault, but, like, like, I felt like the first couple of years, obviously, it sounded like he wasn't listening to 
uh, a lot of the, the trainers, mm-hmm. and, like what he should work on. But then again, we didn't have like a, you know, good staff back then either. But then even this past season, in my opinion, like he came in out of like overweight. I know he was injured, but all these guys have like, really, I'm pretty, they have nutritionists, right? And so they tell them like when they're injured, I'm pretty sure they tell them like, okay, this is what you need to eat. So you don't like, you know, put on too much weight. And I'm pretty sure he didn't listen. But then well, again, you can't be too hard. He's only like 21, right? But, I, I was I will say this from what I heard. He did listen mm-hmm. in the off season because he he got his yeah. muscles. Where he was flexing it. He was flexing it in the uh, preseason. And then he was like, "And but you you are partially right because he was like, man, I actually listen to the trainer sometime and 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 listen to them when I with with diet and 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 uh, working out and I kind of like it." And he started flexing. <laughs> so that was the first time he actually did li- did listen to them. Now, sometimes what happens, mm-hmm. though, is they'll tell somebody to gain weight. I still remember they did it to, if you remember Mar- Mari Stoudemire, um, they told the yeah. same thing to Stat. They told Stat to gain weight. Stat came into the, came into the, came in one season, like, I think 15 or 20 times heavier, stripped all muscle, and it slowed him down way too much. And he ended up just kind of running on a treadmill, losing the weight, and got fitter until he got back into shape. The same thing happened with Mitch. I feel like they wanted him to gain weight and gain muscle mm-hmm. because they felt like he was too frail and he was getting punched, pushed around, which he was. And then they kind of yeah. uh, calibrated later and, and asked him to lose weight. And that's kind of what happened. But you, you're partially yeah. right, though. He didn't always listen. Yeah. He didn't always listen. So you are right yeah so i guess i was probably wrong about this season so it's, it's definitely possible i was wrong because it's not like you know we I, we know definitely a lot of times i'm just hearing stuff and you're trying to trying to piece it together like what happened mm-hmm. but um you know i'm glad in my opinion i kind of think he should lose a little more weight because i sometimes i feel like he's like still laboring out there sometimes i'm not saying like take go back to what he was but i kind of feel like he should drop down just a little further uh, because every time you see him running now, he's like, you hear more about him having back issues. And if you guys notice, he's always hunched over a lot. That means like, so there's a good chance in a lot of these games, his back is like, he's playing with a tight back constantly. Right. You know, so, it's, mm-hmm. you know, he's constantly hunched over sometimes. And so I think that's because the bike back tightens up and maybe he's doing it to kind of relieve pressure a little bit. I could be wrong, but I used to have back issues and that's kind of like, how I used to kind of like it helped relieve pressure was just kind of like bending over a little bit, but like, um, I don't know, but I, you know, I just, I do hope they could resign him because I think he's an important piece. Julius, they got to get rid of him because you you know, his body language, you can just tell when he's, he's trying to sabotage. You can just, he's, he's such, he has such a dramatic body language that you can just almost tell his intent every time he does something. And that Hornets game, he clearly was just like, wasn't even really trying and was like letting people go by. And so the thing we're trying to bring Julius back next year, if you bring him back and he repeats the same thing and the crowd, they're going to go crazy, you know, next year, Uh, they're going to be like booing all the time. What? And going to continue. (laughs) Like we here already. (laughs) That shift is a sale. The the boo birds have came. They've made a nest. They started a family. They're all over the, like no one's letting up. I was listening. Um, shout out to shout out to uh uh, yo. Oh, why why am I why am I blowing a blank? What are the mods? Oh my gosh, we're going to blank right now. He was telling me he was talking to me about um, he went to one of the games and they said they was booing Julius Randall at the intro. 
And then that, I think that game he had Sorry. five points. They was calling him five point mm-hmm. Randall the whole game. <laughs> yeah. Point Randall. I can see it. Yeah. Oh, they were they were heckling oh, him the whole man. game. So I mean, in hindsight, if you think about him throwing the ball, he was probably pissed about getting heckled. <laughs> the whole game by the whole like <laughs> but it's like <sighs> what comes first? The kick and the egg. Like <laughs> that's what I keep saying. So that's why Randall stopped doing those intros. That's why he stopped. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> makes sense. That definitely <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's done. The, the, the ship is sailed. They, I mean, like they can try to trot him out there if they want next year. Especially you got Tiz back and you got Randall back, and you know, like Tibbs is going to play him like forty minutes a game. And then that's the other thing with Tibbs too is like, I mean, you if you want people to play on both sides, you can't be playing them forty minutes a game. You got to at least, you know, if you want them to like really hustle on both sides, then you got to play them like in the low thirties. I mean, that's what you have to do. But I feel you. you know, that's the problem with Tips. He just won't do it, you know. But he wants them to like, you know, RJ and Randall. He wants them to like hustle on both sides, especially with Randall. And, like I think that's probably part of the reason. Still no excuse uh, for the kind of effort he gives a lot of times, but. That's probably one of the reasons why he does it too. It's like he knows he's going to play forty minutes. It's like if he knows he's going to play forty minutes, why? Yeah. You know why would you run up and down and try to like you know do it all on both sides? So facts, accountability, know, it's pretty crazy. Accountability, yeah. man. Yeah. 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 But thanks, Repo. Yo, thank the, you. The last for... thing I'm just. Yeah. Oh. All right. Yeah. Thanks for taking my call, guys. All right. No problem, Reaper. No problem. All right, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, man. Right, yeah, five point Randall is crazy. I don't know. <laughs> y'all wrong for that, Garden. Y'all, I don't want. Oh you, man, I don't want y'all heckling the man as soon as he steps in the Garden and throughout the whole game. This is still the home team, all right. This is still the, exactly. There's, there's exactly. limits. There's there's limits, all right. Boo when he plays bad. If he plays, if I mean when I say play bad, I don't mean missing shots. You know what I mean? I mean if he's not showing effort. If you barking at your teammates, then I get it. Not when he's no, nah. but I digress. Next year is gonna be another year. Hopefully he's not, he's not here. But if he is, he has a lot of making up to do. I'm just gonna keep it at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I feel you. I feel you on that. And I want to address something too. Cause Sharon's probably pissed because Sharon was going off in the chat, so he might be gone by now. Cause he was giving um. Ob top and then he might too too much praise and that's the people he hates the most. But um, <laughs> he made a comment about running the offense with Ob and it being stupid Be- because Randall um commands double teams. And one thing I've always said all season is that to me you're not a star unless you command double teams because that means you can start to create. And make other players better. But here's here's how you get around that. Like, this comparison is so easy. The the old school Phoenix Suns of Mac D'Antoni and with, with with Nash and Amari, they figured it, they like it was a run and gun offense, much like ours right now, pick and roll heavy, heavy ball movement, and he, having a point guard who can set the table. Like, if we have a guy like Obi who likes to get out on a break, then the perfect guard compliment is going to be a guard who can give you those go-ahead baskets, which quickly is doing. Um, and also who can throw some nice lob passes that compliment, <laughs> that compliment, um, 
that complement his um his 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 leaping ability. And shout out to M- Miguel P. Um, if you notice, we have some new graphics, but um, there was supposed that was supposed to be a Nate Robinson graphic that showed on on, on flash on top of there, and not a zombie running. But thank you for ninety nine. <laughs> I don't know what happened, <laughs> but thank you. Uh, shout out to Miguel four nine four nine nine says Tibbs gave Randall cover all season, increased his minutes to help him pad his numbers. For bad judgment alone, Tibbs has to go. Randall should follow. Yeah, and I mean, in a perfect world, <laughs> that would be the case. But Tibbs already gonna be here for another season. We know that. And Randall, we have to see what the Knicks front office does with him in all season. Right, and. And here's my take on it for guys you don't know. Please, okay, if it's your first time here, please hit the like button. Please hit the subscribe button. I actually, if somebody subscribes right now, I actually want to test to see if the subscribe alert works. So if you have not subscribed, hit the subscribe button to see, just to see if it works. Because I tested it before and it worked. And I just want to see if it works right now. But anyway, to, to what was I saying again, Ryan? About, um, um, um I think you were talking about, was it um Obi and and because you were talking about what Sherwin said about you know Julius Randle commands double teams and how Obi doesn't command double teams and running the offense with Obi is stupid and you know oh right right one way, yeah right right so there to me there is a, a pathway to success there definitely is a pathway to success um without Randle which is why I feel like these games are kind of important and the way we're running our offense is important. It's going to take an adjustment. It's, it's an adjustment style. But um, I, it's a small sample size. But I'm willing to roll the dice and try to see if it works. Now, if it doesn't work, it is what it is. We still have our picks. Um, we head to the draft. In 2023, we have a really deep draft. We have high school players into that draft, too. So I feel like it'll be fine. And if it does work, um, we'll be great because we'll have more money to sign other people because we got rid of Randall. Um our youth will develop that much better. And and um, I think everything you five. Now, this front office is notorious for going after big stars. So I can see them still trying to sw- make a swing at Donovan Mitchell, whoever, because that's just what they do. Um, but it is what it is. He says, answering Miguel. Okay, okay, answering Miguel. You're right. Shout out to Robert Rivera. He says, uh, Tibbs gave Randall cover all season, increased his minutes to help him pad his numbers for bad judgment alone. Tibbs has to go. Randall should stay. Okay, okay, I got you. I got you. All right, so hit for me. If you've been listening for a while, you'll know I want Tibbs to go for two people in particular, right? I feel like Tibbs is a, has been really good for RJ Barrett so far. Um, I feel like he's actually been pretty good for IQ as well, and that's been great for us. But when it comes, and also Mitch, I feel like he's been doing good with Mitch. But for Obi and Cam, he hasn't been the best. And that's what worries me, especially with Cam. Because when you're talking about who has the one of the highest ceilings on this team, I, I think I was going between Obi. To me, Obi, I was going between Obi and Cam, I think, right? I think it was Obi and Cam. And we only have a year to see what Cam Reddish has to do. And if Tom Thibodeau is here, Cam might get better in the background because Tom Thibodeau is a really good teacher. Right? But 
we won't be able to see that on the court. And if we're not going to be able to see that on the court, I kind of in fear that we're going to just end up wasting, you know, a, a draft pick and an opportunity to see what we have before we have to pay Cam. And according to Ian Begley, teams are willing to play Cam $20 million. So to me, that's my biggest reason for even wanting to move tips. So for him to stay, I, th- I need like a written agreement. Like, hey, you have to play Cam Reddish. Like, that has to be there. Obi, Obi and Cam needs minimum 20 minutes a game. Minimum. Yeah, with Sibs, it's like, to me, Sibs is an enigma because there, there are certain things I like about Sibs, but, then, but then there's certain, certain things I do not like about Sibs. So, would I, would I move him? Realistically speaking, I probably would. Just for the simple fact, I know he doesn't play the young kids like he should and develop them like he should. But at the same time, I feel like if Thibs had his idea of like his ideal team, I think when he looks at the young players play, but when they play together, I feel like that's the team he would love to put on the court every time. Like I think he would be like, that's how I would love my team to play all the time, but it's just that he, he, but it's like he cannot overlook playing the veterans. He feels like he has to play the veterans 30, 40 minutes, despite the fact that he sees what can happen when he puts the young players together and they play his style of basketball. Right. So, with this, is like, it's, it's like there's the, there's the pros and there's the cons, and then you have to decide, like, okay, do the pros outweigh the cons, or do the cons outweigh the pros? And at this moment, you look at the Knicks roster, and you're like, okay, do the Knicks have a chance to contend at the moment? They do not. Nope. So what makes more sense? Do you play the veterans and run them into the ground and try to win games? Or do you try to develop the young players on a team so you can perhaps create a brighter future for the, for the franchise? And at the moment, it makes sense to play the young kids and develop them so you can build a brighter future for the franchise. Is Thibs that coach? With some young players, it sh- it shows. With other young players, it don't. Yep. So it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you're pulling you're pulling hairs. But I I think you know when you when it's all said and done, you probably have to go to a developmental coach who's going to actually develop all the young players as opposed to just developing some of them and then other young players just right on the bench. Exactly. Case in point, McBride had a great game, had a, had a fun time gloating about, you know, quickly and Obi and these guys. McBride, McBride with R.J. Barrett out, you know, still really didn't give you a ton of minutes. I mean, he, I, 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 he gave you 18 minutes. He gave you 18 minutes. I mean, by fifth standard, that's decent. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. You know what it is? I, I wanted to still see McBride. In my mind, he have IQ playing the one now in the second half I'm like this is opportunity for McBride to play some one and I, I still didn't see that but it is what it is this point and I actually I wanted to see that before the season end I guess it's not going to happen but uh it is what it is still happy that that uh, IQ's here that IQ's developed I'm extremely happy that OB is showing out and sure that he can shoot 
if he takes this info, he better take this information into consideration next season when he's only giving trying to only give Obi eleven minutes and realize it's stupid. Especially if Randall starts to do his Randall things like he did in the beginning of the season. Like that has to stop. And like I said before, Cam Reddish has to play asset malpractice if Cam does not play. <laughs> Sue that man if he if Cam doesn't play for real. <laughs> All right. You know, like Pixar Timmy says, tibbing ain't easy. Yeah, tibbing, tibbing ain't, ain't easy, easy man. <laughs> Tisby, tib, tib, tibbing. I swear, man. Oof. All right, yo. Yeah, salute to the chat, man. Shout out to Robert Rivera Jr., uh, Miguel P., uh, Black Dito, Bilal Milak, Malik. Um, everybody else is rocking with the KOT show. Um, yo, Jason M., okay, you guys, if I get, Bar- if I get Mark Berman here live, are you guys gonna act crazy or are you gonna act right? I just need to know. <laughs> <laughs> I just need to know because I feel like I, I feel like Mark, I can get Mark. I feel like I can get Mark. Mark has been pretty, you know, liberal. So I feel like I can get Mark here. All right. So let me know because I feel like I'm, I'm gonna ask Mark. It's the end of the season. I feel like having Mark here would be a pretty entertaining show because mark tells you mark doesn't hold back any punches <laughs> <laughs> picks for timmy says i'm not gonna know how to act honestly <laughs> no, that might be the majority of Nick's <laughs> i need I, specifically i don't even know jason m is still on the line specifically i want to know jason m how he's gonna act specifically because i don't want to I'm gonna ask Mark very, very real questions. Don't you know? So you know, don't worry. I'm asking very real questions, but I'm just letting you know. All right, it can definitely. It, I feel like it's a high possibility, and I feel like he would be a good show for the end of the season because he, he speaks his mind, and he doesn't just. He's not like a politically correct, stay safe guy. He just tells it how he thinks it. I agree, Black Nito. We definitely do need a cameo by Monica. Yo, someone need to tell Monica to come through, yo. All right. Monica hasn't followed us yet, so we still, we guys, we still got to work with Monica, all right? <laughs> Y'all need to blow up Monica's Twitter right now and be like, follow the nigga time show, right? Blow up her Twitter. Yeah, blow, blow up her yeah, IG, too. Yeah, blow up, <laughs> blow, up, blow up it all, her Twitter and IG, man. For sure. All right. All right, cool. All right, yo. Jason Emmy says he's not calling in if Mark comes on. All right. <laughs> he's not calling. <laughs> she blocked him. Yeah. I mean, I listen, I muted some people. And I, it's my, I, this is the first time I ever used a mute button on Twitter was this week. And I've been on Twitter for years, but I finally did it this year. But I, I had to mute somebody. It's fine, though. All right. That is our show, though. Um, thanks, you guys, for watching. If you, if you have not subscribed yet, please, please subscribe to the channel. Um, we're here after every game. We're going to be here in the offseason talking some stuff as well. And hopefully I've been working on some other, another uh, something else for a while. Hopefully I'll be able to get off the ground this offseason. And hopefully I enjoy when it launches. All right. Um, also, I, I just want to see the subscribe graphic works if anybody here for the first time. I want to see if it, if it's a little pop-up work. So if you want to. All right. But thank you. Also, thank you guys for the super chat as well. All right. All right. Now let's get it. Ryan G. Let them know where they can find you, sir. You can find me on Instagram at Sir G is chilling. Sir G is chilling. That's S I R G is C H I 
L-L-I-N. You can also find me on Instagram at Sergi's Corner, where I talk sports and Knicks basketball. Um, that's going to be back on soon. I know Knicks season is almost over, but I'm still going to be talking over the summer, don't you know? So be on the lookout for that. And also, you can find me on Twitter at Ryan GKOT. All right, all right, all right. Also, you already know what it is, man. You can listen to us on all, all SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iTunes. Everywhere you can listen to podcasts, you get your merch. KOT, snapbacks, black and white, blue and orange. At nicktimeshow.com slash catalog. Also, follow us on all social media. The KOT Show on Twitter, The Nick Time Show on Instagram, and The Nick Time Show on Facebook as well. That is our show. Thank you guys for watching. Also, you see all the links there. You can also donate super chats uh, and 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 PayPal's and and cash apps. All that helps keeps the lights on. Helps pay for the phones, and and just keeps us going upward so we can grow this thing bigger, better, better. All right, cool, cool, cool. That is our show. All right, y'all been a great audience. Thank you guys for watching, and as always. Shout out the World Wide West. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. It's a mess out here in these Knicks YouTube streets. Obi Toppin is a goat. We out of here. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm coming, coming, I'm coming straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. NYC.